0: short message it's not going to be long but I'm going to preach a message called failure is not an option and I want to teach some things in this because I want you to see how this statement failure is not an option applies both naturally and spiritually how does it impact us both in the natural and in the spiritual you know God Yahweh is his Hebrew name Yahweh God is all about You succeeding. Let me say it differently. He is all about you making it. He is all about you getting there. Whatever there looks like. Whatever that there is that He's shown you. He is all about you getting there. And His kingdom depends on you and me, us, getting there. He knows failure is unavoidable. He knows it's unavoidable because we're human. Because there's a little bit of the first Adam that's still in us. But he also, in every situation, has made a way through it. Failure is not an option. Everybody say this with me. Failure, failure. is not An option. Turn with me in your Bibles, please, to 2 Chronicles chapter 7. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. I'm going to read verse 14 this morning. You you have heard this many, many times, but I want to read it to you and point something out, maybe a little differently than you've heard it or seen it before. While you're looking that up, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, I want to say a few things. First of all, everyone responds to failure differently. Everybody in this room, look around this room for just a second, look around. I can tell you every single person in this room has failed at one time or another, failed at something. We have all experienced failure. Is anybody in here has never experienced failure? Sydney? What's it like? <laughs> we have all, one way or another, we have experienced failure, and we all respond to that very differently depending on where we are, what we believe about ourselves or about our relationship with God. It depends. There's so many factors involved that determine how we respond to failure. Some press on and press through it. Some simply quit. Some go into a desperate state. Um, but most do not interpret failure correctly. And when I say that, I'm saying it because of this. Say this with me: Failure, failure. is not an, not an end. It is an education. Is an education. <laughs> you need to get this now. Say it with me again. Say failure. Is not an, it's not an end. It's not over because you fail. Right. It's not over. Sometimes it feels like it's over, doesn't it? Sometimes, it, listen. I don't know how many. I'm not even going to ask for a show of hands. But how many people in here have ever failed a class and had to take it over again? I asked not to show your hands. <laughs> when you took it over again, did you pass the class? Now show me your hand. Okay. Two of y'all. I'll press y'all. <laughs> Failure is not an end. <laughs> press through. <laughs> Failure is not an end. I know when I was in my finance classes and for my, the, my degree, and I was going through those classes and, and there was a couple of them that I was really struggling with. And there was one class. I failed that class twice and I paid good money for it. And I failed that class twice and on the third time I thought you know I'm going to do better and I struggled with it even on the third attempt but I pressed through and I made it I made it now what it does is what failure does is it helps us to understand what we want to be successful at (laughs) failure is not an end failure is an education and the father needs us to succeed but we no one not one person that has ever breathed the pneuma breath of God not one person that has ever existed on this planet has ever known success without first knowing failure success has never come first is it the chicken or the egg failure is always going to happen before success comes on one measure or another could be big failure could be little failure But how we interpret that failure is really going to determine what the next is. What are my options? You know, what are the things that are in front of me? The Father needs your success. You need your success. Your family needs your success. The kingdom of God needs your success. So there's never room, A.J., to get to point B... Stumble over whatever getting there was. And then say, well, then that isn't for me. If I get there and I claim this failure as my end. You may never know. In fact, if you accept it as your end, you will never know. What was in that space that you had not gotten into yet. For the kingdom's sake. Failure is not an option. Let's read in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. I'm going to be focusing on a part that you probably don't think I'm going to focus on, but let me read this one more time. I like to read, when I read scripture, I like to read it twice. I want it to sink in deep and I want you to consider every possibility within it. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves or humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. What land? What land? Where's the land? Say it again. Let me read it again. If my people, is there anybody called by his name in here this morning? If you're not, you can be before we walk out of here. And I trust you will be. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, turn from disobedience, turn from accepting the lie, turn from believing that because I didn't make, do it right the first time, I won't do it right the second time. If they will pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, turn from their misconceived ideas, turn from their misinterpretations... I'm going to just keep reading it like this. If they will pray and seek my face and turn from their lack of pressing in. See, wickedness can only reign in a place where we stop pressing. If we keep pressing, we will squeeze wickedness right on out of there. Because the nature of the second Adam in us. First Adam ate the fruit. Second Adam went on a tree. If... The nature of the second Adam is ruling and reigning in me. And if I keep pressing through this thing, I'm going to tell you wickedness, disobedience, um, uh, just not paying attention, just not listening, not being willing to see, not being willing to repent, that stuff will be pressed out of me. If they will pray and seek my face and turn from every way that doesn't look like God, then I will hear from heaven. And I will forgive their sin, I will forgive their disobedience, I will forgive their weakness, I will forgive that they gave up, I will forgive that they stopped pressing in, and I'm going to do this, I'm going to heal their land, and land is not the dirt under your feet in this scripture. This land has nothing to do with the dirt under anyone's feet. It has everything to do with the soil of people's hearts. if they will turn from their wicked ways, I will forgive them. I will hear from heaven. I will forgive them. And I will heal the soil of their hearts. If they will come to me with good and honest hearts and yield to me, and press through, and when the failure is there. See, here's the thing. We begin to identify ourselves, if we're not careful, if we have not come into the revelation of what Christ actually did for us, we begin to identify ourselves as woe are we. There's no way I'm ever going to measure up to what the Father's asking of me. There's no way I'm ever going to be a good Christian, a good believer, a good Jesus guy. There's no way I'm ever going to be a good one of whatever, however you want to define it. And when we begin to say that, what we have done is we have made failure an end. Well, you know, I've pressed through this thing, and I've asked God to help me with this area, and I just keep struggling with this area, and I keep falling, and, and we accept that as failure. It's just not worth it. I'm not going to do it anymore. And I'm telling you, we've accepted... That I'm a wicked person. I've accepted that I'm incapable. I've accepted that I'm weak. That isn't the intention of the Father. That isn't the purpose of God. The purpose of God is for you to say, Yes, you stumbled. Yes, you tripped. Guess what? I knew you would. I'm not shocked because you stumbled over that thing. I'm not shocked because you said that. I'm not shocked because you did that. I'm not surprised by what your actions just did. What I'm surprised by is that you are camping in it. I'm surprised by the fact that you forgot what I did for you. I'm surprised that you forgot that what I did was make it possible so that you could move past that failure. Stop seeing it as an end and see it as an education and say, you know what? I keep finding myself in this spot. Why? And let me answer the question. Get educated and then move into the place that I prepared for you. My people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven. And I will forgive that sin. I will forgive their sin, whatever it is. And I'm going to heal the soil of their hearts. I'm going to tell you what we need is some forgiveness in the soil of our hearts. What we need, if, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice today, and every single day you get up, and every day you're asking yourself, I, you know, am I saved? I think I'm saved. I might be saved. Maybe I'm saved. I, does he still remember what I did last night at 9 o'clock? And you go through that whole routine every single day. You're camping out in failure. And the father says, you know what? Let's, let's fold this tent up. Let's pull the pegs out of the ground. And let's get this tent out of the ground. And let's get to the place. See, the difference... Let me tell you how big the gap is. Between failure and success. Forgiveness. Failure and success or forgiveness. You know how big that gap is? That gap is as big as it takes to write the word, I repent. How much space does it say? Does it take to say, I repent? That gap is as big as it is, and the Father is not interested. He did not create you to fail. He did not create you to sit there and beat yourself over the head every day about the things you've done wrong, and, and you forget about the things you've done well. He didn't do that. He said, what I want to do is I want to come and heal your land. And I'm going to tell you that's the most important part of this scripture is that he wants to heal your land. In fact, I put it in bold in mine because the most important part of that statement is, he said, I want to come and I want to heal your land. And I want to heal your land. And I want to heal your land. What's in your land? What are you growing in your land that needs healing? What are you growing in your land that needs healing? What are you growing in your land that needs healing? What are those places in you, Jacob, in your land? What is in the soil of your heart that needs healing? I want to bring, he wants to bring healing to that this morning. For anybody that might be wondering how come people strike hands with me because we like to do that in, in, in the place of a good amen. There's nothing like a good striking hand saying I'm coming into agreement with that word. Mm-mm-mm. It's our hearts that need, need to be healed when we have a sense of failure. In fact, if we ever accept that failure is the end, we've also accepted that Christ did not really die for me. He did for that one and he did for that one. But I don't really think he did it for me. Because if I believe that failure, this is it, then I have to also believe that he didn't have me in mind when he gave his all. Mm -mm -mm. I want you this morning to consider a few people with me very quickly. I want you to consider Adam, the first Adam, not the second as Christ, but the first Adam. I want you to consider Job and David and the disciples. These are men that absolutely got in a way where they felt like we had failed. These are people, and there are many, many more, but these are people that, and I'm going to just spend a second here, but these are people that got into situations, got into circumstances that looked like there's no way out. It's not going to get better. I ate the fruit of the tree that was forbidden. And now I see everything's exposed. And the father's displeased with me. What am I going to do? Job, all my sons are gone. Everything I had is lost. What have I done? I have failed. Somehow, even if I didn't, I believe I've failed God. David, we don't even want to get into David's story. Just know it wasn't good. Murder, adultery. And yet, Men after God's own heart. The disciples. Christ about to be sent to his death. He turns around and looks in the room, and everybody's gone. Where'd y'all go? Who's y'all? One's hanging by his neck from a tree, and the others are scattered and hidden behind bushes and around corners. The sense. Of failure must have been overwhelming. And yet. For each of those stories. Out of every single one of those stories. Life came forth. It didn't come forth. Because any of those. Stories. Settled in the murder. Or settled in the adultery. Or settled. In eating the wrong fruit. Or settled. In hiding behind a corner. Or behind a bush. Or settled with the thought, I no longer have anything. All is lost. What have I done? Didn't settle there. But kept pressing on. Though He slay me. If it is He that is wiping me out. Nevertheless, I will trust in Him. No matter what is in front of me. I'm going to use... What looks like failure is an education. I'm going to look at that apple and I'm going to recognize I ate of the fruit, the forbidden fruit. I should have never eaten of it. I'm going to look at it and I'm going to say, yes, I did it. I'm going to accept that. Then I'm going to say, forgive me. And I'm going to let him change me. I'm going to look and think and consider this one that was murdered at my word. And this one that I wronged. And I'm going to say, Father, forgive me. I want to make it right. I'm not going to live in this moment. I'm not going to go hide under my covers. Depression. It's a very alive suicide. It's living through suicide. Because people get into their failures and they own it and they say there's no way out of this thing and they bury themselves in their covers and they won't get out of bed and they lay there and they just keep rehearsing over and over and over and over again in their mind what they've done wrong and and how bad it is and how lost they are and how there's no way out and they rehearse that over and over and they never come out and they become a hermit. uh And they wouldn't be any less dead or any more dead if they were not breathing air. And the Father says... Enough is enough. My kingdom needs you. The earth needs you. Your neighbor needs you. The person beside you needs you. Your children need you. The next generation. Your mama and your daddy. They need you. You can camp in this thing. Or you can say to yourself, failure is not an option. Failure is my education. And I'm going to grow from it. I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to increase because of it. I'm going to succeed out of it. Failure will not take me. It will not own me. I will own it. I will learn from it. I'm going to take notes and I'm going to find out why didn't I pass this class. I'm going to ask myself, and I'm going to be painfully honest. I'm going to say, Holy Spirit, help me be honest with me. Being honest with us is the hardest thing we can do. But sit down. Why didn't I pass this thing? And I'm going to take notes. I'm going to say, because I didn't do this. I didn't do this, and I came up short there. But I'm going to do it again, and I'm going to do it right, and I'm going to repent, and I'm going to correct the wrong. Failure is not an option. It's not an option for you. It's not an option for you. It's not an option for me. Hebrews 10, 36 says, For you have need of endurance. For you have need of endurance. You have need of endurance. You have need of endurance. Listen to me. Listen to the words. Look right at me. Read my lips. You have need of endurance. Come on, lift your hands up this morning. Receive this. You have need of endurance. 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 Endurance. You have need of endurance today. You have need of endurance. You have need of endurance. You have need of endurance. Come on. You have need. You have need. You have need. You have need. need. Guess what? He He knew you had a need. He knew you had a need. He knew you had a need. You didn't catch him off guard. You haven't surprised him. You haven't shocked him this morning. He knows. He knows. Bless you. You have need. Of endurance, he says, so that when you have done the will of God, you can be seated. You may receive what he has promised. If the only thing that drives us is the fact that we have a good idea, it will never be enough. But if what drives us is the fact that God has a good idea for us, you will not quit. When Hank Davis led me to Christ, and I walked out of that building, that church that night, my mother's watching right now from Houston, Texas. I, I'm assuming, Mom, hi, good morning. But she's watching right now, she gave her heart to the Lord four, five, six years ago, watching the live stream. But when I walked out of that place, all I knew in my world was how to live like I was living. I didn't know how to live any other way. I didn't know how to do anything any differently than what I had done. I've told you some of the stories, not even important that we go back into those things. But I just, there were things I didn't know how to, my life, it wasn't like there was such, there was a miracle in in the land of my heart, but there was not yet a complete miracle in my mind. So I was learning how to change and how to grow and how to know, how to move in to what the Father wanted for me. And I had my thoughts and my ideas of how I'm going to do this. So I've told this part before. So I dove into the Bible and I would memorize, Lord, I memorized so much scripture. I had, first thing I did was memorize all of the book of James, the whole book of, there's only four chapters, but I memorized all four chapters of the book of James. First thing I did, I thought that's going to make me holy. I didn't know better. This is going to be good. This is going to help me. And I could read the book of James, but I would read it, and I would quote it, and I would repeat it all the time. I was all the time, and I'd go preach somewhere years later, but I'd go preach somewhere, and I'd, and suddenly it, I, it, I realized these words don't have the life in them today that they did back then, not because the words changed, not because the meaning changed, but because somehow I was interpreting them incorrectly. And I memorized so much, I don't even know how much scripture I had memorized at one time. All in the King James, and I don't have any. <laughs> now I read from the English Standard Version. But but then the day came, I realized all this memorization has become a stumbling block. This was my idea. It was a good idea for me, to me, to memorize all the Scripture. But by memorizing all of that, you know what I did? I camped out on those. And I stopped searching out mm. everything else that was in there. Yeah. Yeah. But see, my idea was leading me to failure because suddenly I wasn't feeling so holy, mm. so righteous, so good, but I could memorize a lot of Scripture more than most people I knew. Wow. But I wasn't feeling very holy or very Son-like to the Father. Right. But then God's idea, when I began to accept His... I learned from my failure. Yes, all of that for me was a failure because it wasn't a failure in the beginning, it was a failure because I stopped. I stopped digging, I stopped getting to know. And then the Father's idea was put that thing down, now read something you've never read. And I went to another place in Scripture, and then another, in fact, I went to the Old Testament. First Testament, I call the First Testament, I don't like the word old. So I went to the First Testament and began to read and begin to discover things that I'd never well, yeah. thought for a second. How in the world could it, there ever be a way that these genealogies could possibly change someone's life? And suddenly, pff, I begin to understand the meaning of family and the importance, the significance of leadership in a home. Knowing from what I've come. Knowing what potential lies in front. Making sure I leave a legacy so that my name is in the list. Not so that it's a name forgotten, but a name that's in the list. Hallelujah. Who is your daddy? I don't have any idea. Well, I want my seed to say, my daddy is third in line. That's my dad, Steve Ben Stephen. So when I think about failure not being an option, I'm going to wrap this up. But when I think about failure not being an option, I think it both spiritually and, and naturally. Spiritually, there are people, literally, you're, you've listened to me all this morning. You're listening to me now. There's going to be people that are be listening to this later this week that are not listening today, wherever they are. They're not able to hear now, but they will hear later. And you're hearing my voice. And I'm telling you, as you hear this word today, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You have come to a place in your spirituality and your relationship where you feel like because you have let God down so many times, you have failure has become an end to you. The best you're ever going to be is a failure. I'm going to tell you that is a lie. You hear my words right now. That is a lie. You are Failure is never an end unless you make it that. But you can choose today to let failure be your education. Be- take notes. Take note. Repent, then take notes. I will not be here in this place again doing this same thing because I'm going to change things because I'm letting the Father teach me. And yeah. yeah. the natural, there's people in this room, you've done things, you've pressed into things, and you've had, again, going back to the good idea, you've had good ideas, and those ideas have been good, and they've, they've really excited you but they didn't go anywhere. Ask yourself today, was it your good idea? Or was it an idea that the Father had that he gave to you? Was it your idea or is it his? And when that question is answered, and if it's God's idea that he has sown into the fertile soil of your land, And it's supposed to produce. Whether you have failed at whatever you're doing or not, do not end there. Learn from it. And grow from it. Be educated by the moments that you have missed it. Knowing that if the Father put that in you, He's going to see you through to the end. Do you hear me today? Say this with me: Say failure is not an option. Stand with me if you would, please, this morning. Father, today I join with the people of this house. Lift your hands in this room, please. I join with the people in this building, those that are those that are watching online, and I pray today that you have caused the words that you put in me to sink into the soil of the hearts of every single listener today. Father, I pray that each one will look at this and they will know. That failure, Father, it isn't even always the enemy. We quickly blame the enemy. Sometimes failures aren't it's because you have put that there so that we could learn from it, grow from it. Father, help us today to learn to hear your voice so clearly, to know your intention and purpose for us so well and so clearly because we are turned to you fully. Our face, they are set like a flint towards you. Father, help us today to hear so clearly. Father, we move right into the successes that you have spiritually and naturally in every man and every woman in this house today. And may it begin with a relationship with your Son, Jesus Christ. Anyone under the sound of my voice that does not know the Father, that does not know the Son. Father, I ask today, That you begin with their heart first. Heal their land. If you are listening to me and you do not know Christ. I ask you right now in the same way that I did in July of 1985. I ask that you simply repent. And I'm going to remove the word simply. Because it will be the most important thing you've ever done in your life. Ask God to forgive you. Receive Jesus Christ. And begin to succeed in ways you could only imagine. Yes. Father, I thank you today. Yes. You are a faithful God. Yes. And you are changing our lives so that we, for your glory, can change the earth. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen.